M-O-M. Me. I came in like a wrecking ball. Hello, my children. Warning. Supernatural The Crossroads contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. everybody to another episode of supernatural the crossroads i am your host thomas cowley and joined with me today is ryan denton what's cracking and michael flores hey and today we are talking about season 13 episode 12 various and sundry villains and we have a bit of a reveal that unfortunately i i, I blame social media uh, what uh, that that's the reason and, why mike just came yeah he jizzed he just <laughs> jizzed in his pants guys <laughs> we had a bit of a reveal weeks ago, so it did not shock anybody when we saw the return of everyone's favorite witch, Rowena. My favorite witch. How hard were you when she appeared? Dude, oh. we're just going to cut through the crap and I go straight to, to it. contact my doctor because I had a four-hour <laughs> erection. You had an erection lasting yeah. longer than yeah. four hours? Three, had, or did you watch the episode four times? I watched it four times there in a row. Go. I needed to release some tension and pressure. Oh, God. I didn't I, need the details to that degree. Well, I didn't give you like... You know, how no, many no, jets no, came no, out of my no. penis or anything? Oh, oh my. <laughs> and now Mike has a lot of editing to do. And it's two minutes in. No, I. I <laughs> no, that's like 45 seconds in. <laughs> that's basically the story of my life. 45 seconds in. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All uh, right. You know what, though? Look, I was a, t- a tidbit disappointed that this was. She, she gave up the goods on. That it was on, spoiled ahead of time. On social media. I think. We keep saying and we keep talking about it. It's like, man, I really wish that the actors would stop doing this because it it would have added more, you know, holy crap, she's back than yeah. just, oh, oh, just kidding. You know, here she is. Like, it just, I don't know, man. I, I, it's well, it takes really away all the me. surprise. Well, a yeah. lot of it, and this is me, just my own theory, but a lot of it has to do with the, with the need to have those numbers on social yeah, media. I know. And they want to promote Supernatural hashtag. They rely on the actors and their now newfound fan base to help right. promote. So let the audiences know who's showing up here and there so that it creates excitement and higher ratings. Yeah, I, Unfortunately, I, I know. the ratings dropped this week, so it didn't work. Yeah, I, I know why they do it. I just think that a lot of it is is it ruins it for people, you know, fans like us who are really like this would have really meant the, more meant more and i think that's really what bums me out and i and, and i'm not even saying they do do it on supernatural they do it on other shows too it's movies not, yeah. shows it's just matter. like yeah it, it just it's a television epidemic yeah it, it needs really stop happening yeah yeah i mean it definitely took a little bit away from her reveal but it was still fun to see her back it was oh, yeah, absolutely. everyone she is everyone's favorite witch and we have a really cool visual effects moment with her oh, yeah. at the end 
And I think what I liked about this episode a lot was just a lot of little tidbits to her past, her lore, other characters' lore, things that we didn't know beforehand that were a little not explained necessarily, but we got a little bit more to the yeah. to the world in which we are interacting well, with. I think we always have, you know, and, and and we always go off on tangents, but I think any any more info that we can get on lore or any type of background on certain characters, we typically like around here and i think that's uh, you're right thomas this episode was pretty much full of that we're lore whores as we've said yeah. repeatedly <laughs> yeah. and but the question with the, there's several questions that this has brought up though one is rowena going to be a potential ally moving forward especially when we have so many additional yeah, pieces going on on the board this is three chess boards at this point of additional powerhouses yeah. and players this is like chinese checkers there's like that five you don't different know how zones. To play it. I know how to play Chinese checkers. There's five <laughs> zones, you know, like there's, it's, it's a I big, don't support tyrannical governments. So I don't play Chinese. Uh, you don't checkers. play Chinese? You don't play Chinese don't or play, you don't play Chinese checkers? Homie, don't play that. <laughs> what the fuck? I play only American and democratic countries. Yeah. Democratic make, make America great again, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Mike, Mike, you sound so much fun to have at yeah. parties. French checkers, UK checkers. <laughs> Certain parts of the Middle East checkers. <laughs> what parts? If the Arab Spring won and and actually helped turn over some dictatorships, yeah. then I'd play their checkers. As do well. you play so anywhere in the Middle East? Arab checkers? Do like do the do the kings have like suicide vests? Uh, non, oh my that? god! Non Sharia law checkers. <laughs> oh my god! <gosh>. Jesus. <laughs> I made one board game analogy, and it's now it racist. turned into seventeen board. It turned games. into something so much worse. Yeah, well, well, let's dude, hold off of that. that racist comment, Thomas. When we get, when we get to you know what? Oh, oh boy. Anyway, the questions we have going forward is: Will she be a new ally for the Winchesters with all of these other players, or is she going to be a greater threat to them now? I think I, we had, had or this, both. We had this conversation before we went on air, among other other conversations, but. This one, I think, is she's kind of in that neutral playing ground right now. And I think it was kind of the same area where we saw Crowley in the last, you know, last season is in that neutral area. And I think, you know, when we talk about it more about, you know, her chains being, you know, broken or whatever, I, there is a potential for a greater threat. But I I just don't see it yet. because, okay. Like you said, there are, you know, seven chess boards full of players right now. And I think. We've got other things that are a bigger issue. American chess? The American chess, yes. Not, Don't no, worry, No Michael. suicide vests. Um, I just think that we've got more, we've got bigger problems than Rowena right now. And I think yeah. that's, I, I, that she will come and be a factor, but I don't think yet. We have more homes domestically than we do abroad that we need to worry about. More yeah, problems. Right. <laughs> yeah. We've got more, you know, liberal things that we need to think about right now. Okay. But it is it is interesting to see what they did with her from a storyline standpoint at this time when we have so many other characters. And it's it's odd to me in some ways because it in season 11, we had all new power levels that we couldn't truly comprehend. It was Dragon Ball Z, dude. And then we had a kind of reset season, as we talked about repeatedly with season 12. And now we have new characters with yeah. new power levels we haven't really seen. Because we have Jack, we have alternate reality Michael, who's apparently far stronger than the one the that Lucifer Michael. would have been used to. There's a lot of question marks. And with Rowena's newfound powers, how much of that was she was too powerful before, and that's why the Grand Coven didn't want her, didn't trust her. Was she was the Grand Coven pulling a Jedi Council to her Anakin? Yeah. yeah. You know You were on this council, but we do not grant you the <laughs> Exactly. It's the same kind of How can rank you be on master? this council and not be a master? 
dicks. It's insulting. It's insulting. <laughs> I have red hair and I'm hot. There's I should be that. a master. Look at my And ass. you're the sub in that scenario? Uh, no. The Rowena? Come on. Oh, well, yes. She can totally try out her new powers on me. I'd let her. No. So we have. Put those magical restraints on me, please. Oh, please. <laughs> Is there a magical ball gag that she could What's put your in magical mouth? safe word? Um, I mean, we, Abracadabra. We, we, we make. <laughs> You know, we're making these, these sexual jokes. However, she was orgasming as her power was being oh, unleashed. Yeah. I was orgasming totally. when she was. Oh, we were coming at the I, same I paused time. It. <laughs> I, I timed it. I timed it. Oh. I was like, all right, all right. I'm going to have to time this one right. Can That's why you right? watched it four times? Hell yeah, dude. Hey, thanks, Yoki, for your climatic writing. We appreciate it. <laughs> climatic writing. Oh, I, I'm hope trying he, to be I hope he hears this. And these guys are jerking off to it. Assholes. God, she did look hot though. Yeah. No. I'd like to break her purple cheeks. All right, all right. Well, oh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> what is that? Even? Uh, I don't worry I, about I, it, Thomas. I, oh. <laughs> don't worry about it. That's between you and that's between, your fantasy. Yes, my fan fiction. <laughs> Page forty-seven. <laughs> Jesus Christ! All right, we're gonna get Chapter into Rowena. That's the book. Every dude. chapter Let's get is real. Rowena. Just the fucking Rowena, book. chapter one, chapter two, chapter 47. Anyway, we're going to get into that and probably more horrifying imagery. <laughs> but first, we've got a little bit of news. If Ryan. Watch pull- Ryan someday, like someday. He's going to come in with like this just manifesto. Five, five, no, no. Five years from now, someday, Ryan and Rowena is going to be a thing. And like Ryan, like <laughs> he doesn't give a shit. He's gonna find he's gonna find a way to he's make just it happen. Smiling and nodding right now, like oh, creep, dude. Don't hey, Ruth don't put Connell anything past and me. Ruth Connell and Ryan Denton, watch tried, it happen. I tried gonna to be Jason a- Momoa and like I'm gonna marry that girl, yeah, dude. And then twelve years later, you got watch. I'll make you guys eat those words. Fine. I'd be I'm, impressed more than anything else. I I um, and wondering how you live together in a marriage situation with a restraining order. <laughs> It's a really big house. <laughs> it's a 30-foot restraining order. Oh, boy. Anyways. Anyways. It's we- a six-inch uh, restraining six order. Inch. That's, dude, that's four more inches it's than all, I need. It's all right. Just the tip all <laughs> the time. Just the tip, baby. <laughs> Just the tip. Jesus. You like okay, that one? Okay. All you right. Like all right. Ryan. Okay. I'm going to get you off this idea entirely. <laughs> Dude, we should have known this was going to happen. I know, dude. We, you <sighs> should know better, guys. It's a Rowena episode. We sh- we didn't prepare for this. With you should him. know better. I'll do the news. Let I me apologize. Do, let me get into the news here. Oh, so we have an article here. Um, <laughs> I figure I'll just be the one to go into the next thing. Uh, Supernatural's first look at, I, I don't know, is her name Danielle or Daniil? I think it's Daniil. I'm going to say Daniil and I'm going to be uppity. <laughs> Daniil <laughs> Ackles joins the fun as Sister Joe. Now, this article... Um, is from Entertainment Weekly since that's know, all they write about. That's now. all they write about now. Uh, after 13 years, Daniil Ackles is stepping into the world of Sam and Dean Winchester. In December, it was revealed that Daniil, real life wife of Supernatural star Jensen Ackles, would recur in the uh, back half of show, the show's 13th season as Sister Joe, a faith healer who somehow finds herself involved with Lucifer. Since the announcement, uh, Daniil herself has posted a few behind-the-scenes looks at her time on the show's Vancouver set, but now EW has the exclusive first look at Sister Joe in action. Of course they do. Um, so in the article here, in the first official photos, we see Sister Joe working as a faith healer, a photo that's uh, sure to bring some fans back to season one's faith. Yep. 
Um, That's immediately what I thought of. Yeah. So, I mean, this is this is neat. So her first appearance uh, is in episode 13 titled Devil's Bargain. Um, this is cool. I mean, I'm- so with Faith, the I mean, everybody remembers that's when we saw the Reaper for the first time, the first incarnation right. of him with Blue Oyster Cult playing. It was a great moment. One of my favorite memories from Supernatural, let alone the, the, the Kripke's era, but the show as a whole. So my question is, is she going to have any kind of powers? Because the faith healer from that episode had a reaper under their control. Right. Is she going to be some kind of, we've had the world open up greatly with magic, with tapping into angelic powers at the cost of one's own soul. We've had witches and all kinds of new spells come into play. Is she going to have some genuine powers? You guys think moving forward, or is it going to be, much like faith originally was and with lucifer coming into play more of a lie well one of the, the one of the images that's in this article is literally lucifer like has a hold of her arm so i don't know what what we're going to see by any means but it does it is pretty exciting i mean i just want to know do you think jensen and her in the in one of the trailers you know i think they're setting it up yeah oh yeah for sure right i think there may be uh, a little love there might be because really, you think well, it Possibly. takes place in uh, a sign in the image here says Sioux Falls, right. which is where Wayward Sisters is, which would allow for a recurring role True. or a returning role. So if that does go well, well for her, here's the thing, fans, we just had episode 12. This is literally the next episode. It's very next this one, is the yeah. next episode. So we're going to see next week what. Yes, we'll speculate more towards the end of the show. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, yeah, I, my biggest concern or question is what kind of powers does she have? And with the title, The Devil's Bargain. I think she's going yeah, to make have some, some mistakes because Lucifer has most people do. Yeah. He typically gets people to make dumb decisions. I, I like his whole shtick, but we'll, we'll see with that. We know you're a Lucifer fan. Oh, everyone should know yeah, that at that point. You're like the biggest fanboy there is. But again, with the fact that it's in Sioux Falls, that'll possibly <laughs> lead more into the wayward sisters yes. show. Which, again, guys, if you are part of our Patreon, A, thank you very much. And B, if you are interested in that, we have additional stuff coming out later this month. Some of that includes the 10 Minutes at the Crossroads, where we're going to be talking about Adam as a prison biatch, as he Michael said. He dropped the soap a few times down there, I'm oh, sure. You now they don't so. want to pay for that. Yeah, they do. <laughs> we do the regular Crossroads show, Wayward Sisters edition, where we've talked about... Sheriff Jody Mills, we've talked about the very first pilot episode. We're going to go into Sheriff Donna's story, which I think has a little bit more meat to it now. After we've seen her from the very beginning of where she started all the way to where she was in Breakdown, yeah. this character has gone through this immense She's change. A lot. That is just for $5. You guys get access to those 10 minute at the crossroads segments as well as the Wayward Sisters edition episodes. But if you guys go up to the $10 mm. video cast here, you get additional episodes with video content, working on the crotch cams. Ryan's here. That's always his his That's shtick. my go-to, man. We've got our top five demons episode coming up, as well as our season one traditional recap where we're going to be talking about season one, episode 12, Faith. Perfect timing. Yes. So for all that, guys, you can get that for the $10 a month, but we also have the $15 live video voyeur here. <laughs> the where, fact that it says voyeur gets me excited. 
Is that As weird? it should, Ryan. As it should. That's awesome. Where you can at any time, you'll get access to a private Facebook page where you can watch live cameras where we are filming and recording in studio, whether it's Supernatural or other shows on the network at any time. Stop smiling and, at me like we that. we may or may not sexy dance for you. As um, we have before, or as more accurately, I Ryan have, has I before. Have. Look, I know what brings people in, okay? And if, if I have to sexy dance to bring people in, then it's going to happen. I think we are needing to tap into your fan fiction with the sexy dance. I think it's well, what the people you get need. Ruth in here, and we'll all <laughs> take care of business if I have to. You just do a strip dance while reading. I could do it. I could do it. Don't put anything Easy. past me. So, guys, you with the higher tier, you get everything below that as well. So you yeah. get access to the video cast, the Wayward Sisters episodes, and the ten minutes at the crossroads. All for that, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Digital. And right now, we're going to take a quick break. But when we get back, we're going to get into the discussion of various and sundry villains in just a minute. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. Yeah, I'm starting to wonder that we may, we may <laughs> truly have some power. Why can't we target this and use it for good? I know. Why can't we push a show back and Kim K dies? Dude, it's the Rain Man show and you like her ass too much. You know what? Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's I don't maybe I don't believe in it. Did anybody maybe, know? You know how like they say you have to believe in the power of yeah. prayer? Maybe in my mind There you go. I I dislike Kim. But my little mind <laughs> is like, no, keep her alive. You may have a chance someday. And that's for some reason Your my mind. Slightly yeah. British. Yes. <laughs> for more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. We are now offering a live video feed for all you hardcore elite Crossroads fans. That's right. During every show, you can get an inside look at the silliness that goes on during the show. To gain access, go to patreon.com slash Digital and pledge $15 or more a month. With this pledge, you not only gain access to our live video feed, but you also gain access to every tier below, including quarterly gifts, our video casts, our podcast tier, including the Wayward Sisters show, behind-the-scenes video, monthly bonus shows, and our 10 minutes at the crossroads. There is no Patreon pledge that gives us that gives as much as we do, so head over to patreon.com slash Digital to pledge. The Sea Crotches. Same thing. Have you ever wanted something so bad that you do just about anything for it? Well, that's exactly how we feel about you. That's right. AdamandEve.com wants you so bad. We're giving you 10 free gifts with your first order. You heard me right. That's 10 free gifts to spice up your love life. First, you'll get a sexy surprise for her. Second, an adventurous toy for him. And third, a little something we know you'll both enjoy. Plus, you'll get six full-length adult movies on DVD. And number 10, free shipping on your entire order. That's 10 free gifts for you shy types who've never tried Adam and Eve before. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code DEAL30 at checkout and you'll get all 10 free gifts, including free shipping. That's offer code DEAL30. That's D-E-A-L-30 at adamandeve.com. Previously on Supernatural The Crossroads. 
last weekend, actually. I sent you guys a picture. And I, I, he, did I bet you he went. Look, is Lou here? Uh, Lou can be here if the camera gets Let's turned Let's go ahead yeah. and bring him in. The yeah. camera's here. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Let me, it, let me yeah, go the to. The camera has to disappear because okay. Lou has to slide in All behind right. me. Go ahead. It's a slide in where? <laughs> Don't worry about it, Thomas. Lou Perigno here. Now, you guys know that I love, love, love bloodlines. And he turns the camera back on one piece of shit. Oh, he did it. <laughs> I can. You can see? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to tell you guys. Uh, is it true, uh, Lou Ferrigno, that you wanted Eileen to be part of the Wayward Sisters as well? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're, we're fucking terrible. Why is that terrible? Uh, I just want to let you know, guys. Thomas, don't Representation matters, Tom. Bloodlines, Bloodlines is out. I'm all about Wayward Sisters now. Look at, look at Lou. Wow, he's had a change of heart. Yeah. Is he going to create new shirts? For the yes, new show. but those are going to be forty-seven fifty. <laughs> I thought that's what they were before. No, it's no, thirty-seven fifty. They went yeah. up ten dollars because it's all about women now. Okay, all right. See, lose on, lose on board. Tom. His thoughts does not fall on deaf ears at all. <laughs> His own ears. <laughs> well, I'm glad he came all the way from. Where were you? Uh, <laughs> wait, I'm not, why are you asking me? Lou's gone. I'm, like, I'm glad he came into the studio with you today just oh. to share his love for the new show. Right, right. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, my God. His, <laughs> terrible. His voice is just so... Majestic. It just... He, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> deafening. Welcome back, everyone. Supernatural The Crossroads. Ryan, can you give us the description and synopsis of this episode, Various and Sundry Villains? I sure as shit can. Uh, directed by Amanda Tapping, written by Steve Yaki. Uh, Sam and Dean find a surprising ally in Rowena after Dean is placed under a love spell by Witch Sisters. Um, can I just point out that did anyone else get kind of sexied up when they were just like two hot chicks basically putting dudes under spells? Like, do whatever I tell you to do. Oh, okay. I mean, you don't have to put me in her spell for that to happen, but okay. Did you feel like that would have been just you? Because that's what I thought. When I first Dude. watched those few minutes, I'm like, this is how single guy Ryan would be found dead in yeah. the supernatural world. Let's be fair. Let's be fair to single guy Ryan. You don't need a magic potion to do that to any guy. That's yeah. what I'm saying. If you had yeah, they wouldn't have to use super the spell. Yeah. He would just do it. No, I, any guy would. I would do uh, well, it. Here's if the thing. if you okay. had two hot women saying, do this, do that, yeah. and we're going to party afterwards, I think there's a lot of dumb dudes who'd be yeah. like, oh, hell yeah, it's on. Yeah, I, like the thing is like <laughs> – I would have, I would have been pretty, I would have been pretty game for most of it until she said, rob the store. I'd have been like, um, how about no? Show me your boobs. Yeah. <laughs> Can I please touch your boobs? Hey, look it. If you're taking advantage of me, then yeah. 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 Like it's a fair trade. Yeah. So I'm not committing a, a, a burglary yeah. unless I'm getting a little bit out of it. Yeah. So anybody who wants to rob a store, all you need is to show Ryan some boobs and he'll help you out. Oh, they've got to be good boobs. Dude. I don't want to see bad boobs. Oh what are bad boobs? Like, I'm not even going into that here. Okay, this, that's a Patreon show. Jeez, <laughs> five, I, five minutes. If of the there's cross any women out there that want to explain good dick and bad dick, so we can <laughs> so we can balance this out, please do. <laughs> I swear to God, if someone tweets me that, I will. I, this is a good dick dick pic. <laughs> that'd be pretty amazing. Please put uh, Ryan and our our uh, 
macho behavior right now in oh check. Oh my god! Someone needs to DM you some messages. I will laugh. I, I will. I will. I will take it. Slide in the DMs with funny shit like that. Oh my god! I did laugh that entire intro bit because it was it was so stereotypically dude. Oh yeah. That I'm like, you don't need the hex bag. Most dudes would be like, yeah, yeah, no, sure. What do you need? As Ryan said before, we started recording. He's like, I've just gone to the ATM and taken some money out. Yeah, like, like I don't need it. At that point, it's just that's just a hooker. No, it's <laughs> like, strippers. 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 Is that yeah. it? Hookers are different. Strippers are different too. But that Thank was. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> surprisingly violent in the beginning with a sledgehammer. Dude, sledgehammer to the head. Okay. I was like, okay, this is kind of cute. This is funny. You know, they're taking, and then she just sledgehammers the dude in the head, in the head. And I'm like, okay, that went really dark, really fast. Yeah. There was a lot of dark imagery that a I, lot. that I could definitely appreciate. And I, I, I I'm going to give all the credit to Amanda tapping, returning as director, as yeah. well as Steve Yoki's script. Dude, Steve Yoki's scripts lately have been, he's got some really dark imagery, yeah. whether it was the neck snapping and just how bringing demons back to being intimidating yeah. with Asa Fox or advanced thanatology where we had the drill mad plague doctor oh, and yeah, some that of that up, mentality man. and just the drill noise while the guy's screaming as he they're running away. He definitely has some dark imagery. I mean, it's interesting because he, um, is a new writer on the staff. Yeah. He's been here not even a full two years yeah. yet. And he's being given some, some cool stuff, some cool episodes to write with a lot of actual important. Yeah, you're looking moving at this, parts. I mean, celebrating the life of Ace of Fox, Twigs and Twine and Tasha Baines, advanced anatology. Like there's some there's some pretty dark shit on there, dude. Like not just well, even Lily Sunder has some regrets where the angels killed her innocent daughter out yeah, of revenge. Rough, dude. And with each one of his episodes, he also brings in n- not every single one. A lot of lore ideas, whether that's the demon can ward a house yeah, or you can use your soul to fuel angelic powers as a human or that whatever the hell stick figure oh, yeah, thing right. out yeah. of twigs which and twine. Which we still don't, haven't figured that one out. Which, again, screaming for a follow-up episode yeah. or a spinoff show just on that idea. But each time he brings in new interesting ideas – and as Mike said, he's been given some very important things. I mean, advanced thanatology is where Death and Billy, we, we learn all about that. Yep. Yeah, that's, a lot, the, that's a lot of pressure. The fabric of the realities were. pressure, dude. And the return of Castiel for some of us. Oh, that's, that's right. True, yeah. yeah, a lot of pressure. And uh, he's handling it pretty well because read all these episodes he's done, and I liked every single one of them. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't disliked any of these episodes. I mean, these were all really good. So this is... Uh, so a lot of that credit does go to him, but you know Amanda Tapping with her previous directorial episode was The Future, which had the death of Dagon, the destruction of the cult, the sick ass right. showing of how Jack's power, even as an infant, can just oh, incinerate right. a, yeah, uh, one of the princes of hell. I mean, the, these two seem to be a very good team. And again, we put a lot of that pressure on both of them because in this episode, we delve farther into and get some actual concrete details behind Sam's current mental state, you know, in a way that doesn't have it explicitly said. Well, there's not a, a, a over the top exposition on on what's going on with him. And, and I think it's you know, framed as a conversation yeah, between two people. Yeah. Which is what we want. I don't want I don't need that exposition. Yeah. And I mean, f- Sam has always kind of played. To me, it f- has personally felt like for the last few years, Sam has played second fiddle to Dean and Dean's mm-hmm. issues. And 
if this season we st- finally start to see that he still is suffering things. I mean, he even calls it out in this episode that he was horrified by what happened to him in hell, but the world kept almost ending and he was able to just kind of bury it. And Dean, to his credit for what we, we like about him as a character, he's not very emotionally mature. He always wears his emotions pretty much on his sleeve, yeah. usually one of two ways, but he can't, you know, adult for the lack of a better term when he needs to. Whereas Sam, he puts that stuff aside and moves forward with the plans. Right. But so long as he has a plan. And I think there was a lot of interesting elements with that between the two of them this episode where Dean needs a reason and Sam needs a plan in order to function. Right. They don't need the other. But that shows that it doesn't always work the same way people grieve is not always it's not the, same. the same. It's, it's the different. same way yeah. people get through things is not always the same. And again, I, that's what I really appreciate about this season is that the events of season 12, the borderline, borderline traumatic finale really is traumatic to these guys and the things that have happened to them since then. Well, I think and, and it's nice to see that. I think we, you know, sometimes we, we put a little bit too much of an emphasis on the fact that these two are pretty strong. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to see them going through something, like you said, with a traumatic event of last season. Like this is, this is still weighing on them both. And I think Dean's obviously he's better at hiding it sometimes, so he doesn't have to have those conversations, you know, like suppressing that feeling. But I think with Sam in the last couple episodes, you know, we've seen him kind of had that shift of wearing it on his sleeve. Yeah, and I and that's good to. I mean it needs to be done. It needs to be handled. Um, I mean, this week they put focus on Sam's PTSD and the mm-hmm. issues that surround that. Yep, and they absolutely. drew some correlations to Rowena and you got to look at that. There's a reason why they did that. that why do for you, no reason. Yeah. yeah. Why do you bring back an element to Sam's very being and who he is moving in from season six till now? And they have, retread on that aspect throughout the years nothing like what they did during season eight carver's run uh they really brought home the ptsd uh issue and kind of made it a theme for season eight and dealing with those type of you know internal tragedies and how you move forward through traumatic um after traumatic offense affect your life but the way they connected to rowena this week i think was kind of the focus it's there to remind us a that the show is about sam but also it helped us get into the proper mind state, at least of what we think currently where Ro- Rowena is at. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what the focus was because they're obviously putting her into place. They're well, moving, they're moving to use uh, again, chess pieces. They're moving that piece on the board for a reason. When you have a show that it has now various moving parts, which we'll get into all those moving parts towards the end of the show. Right. There's a reason why they're trying to bring Rowena back. And if you're going to bring her back after she's died twice now, you got to make it meaningful. It has right. to be complex and you have to pose questions. And those questions are, is she to be trusted? What's her purpose? Um, and I think those are probably the biggest questions moving forward well, is, is that focus. Well, w- with, with having her connect with Sam on the PTSD level, you're adding a human aspect to Rowena that we've never really seen before. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that, you know, having your fucking skull crushed in and being set on fire probably would bring back some pretty horrible memories. Yeah, and I probably. think by adding 
by adding that human element to Rowena, now you've put her in that neutral aspect that we got with Crowley. When Crowley right. almost became human, we mm-hmm. got that same thing. So I think with her, they're they're pushing her, like Mike said, they're pushing her onto the chessboard, but they're adding an aspect to her where we're going, okay, she's a scared, she's scared for the first right. time we've seen her truly scared, scared. So you're adding that human aspect to her. Now you make her a more viable option as being a neutral or even a team up ally because they have that connection, her, her and Sam. And I think that's cool. I, I mean, I like having Rowena on the team. I think it adds a flavor of like, okay, we've got someone who's powerful, just like Castiel, but not, it's still kind of not, yeah, like not huge stress. Yeah. She can be kind of, uh, you know, that yeah. neutral chaos or whatever you want to call it. So I think by adding that, that human aspect to her, you've now added a different layer of, okay, can we trust her or can we not trust her mm-hmm. because they had that connection? That's well, a great point. Like the humanizing aspect, humanizing Rowena, which they've done a little bit since we saw her relationship to Crowley and that if she didn't, hate if she didn't hate him she'd love him yeah you know the the sacrifice of the one person she cared about at the end of season 10 it's little things like that but it really was when she saw lucifer's true face and crowley and has connected with sam at the end of season eight and he connected with dean throughout season 10 and that's why they both kind of trusted him and right now we see half of that sam and rowena share seeing lucifer's true face and only they it's something that only they on, out of anybody yeah. on the planet can understand yep. and can relate to Dean doesn't have that with her yet, which leads me to believe that eventually he will because he could be she could become like Crowley, that untrustworthy, powerful ally. Well, you have to look at the connection they had too when when she asked what happened to Crowley, where her where her son was. And I think that you look on both the boys faces and they were like, how do we say this? Yeah. How, yeah. Do, how do we tell, yeah. tell her this? Because. It's even though she, like you said, you know, she would have hated him. She would have loved him if she didn't hate him. She's even said it in that moment. She's like, I, even though he hated me, I still would rather have a son who hates me alive than a son who. She's very complex. Yeah. the hero. Yeah. And that's why I like her character. And this, and we keep saying, if you're going to bring a character back, make it have an impact. And I feel like what they do for her and how they write for her, it warrants her coming back. Yes. I feel like, Hey, enough's enough, but it's because they're bringing her back. And I like her as an actor and a character. I feel like what they're giving her actually matters. And it's, it's, it's full of something that any actor would really want to sink their teeth in. There's just so much There's complexity to this character. I'm typically the same way. I'm typically where it's like, okay, they've come back. She's come back. How many times now? And, and, you know, we make the joke with Sam and Dean because they constantly come back from the dead. But but here's the thing with Rowena. And like you said, she's very complex. And I think if you bring character, I'm okay with bringing characters back. They have to come back for a reason. You can't bring them back for fan service. And I truly don't think this is a fan service thing. No, I, don't I think, think this so, is yeah. like, okay, she's going to, like you said, Thomas, mm-hmm. she's going to have a bigger part or a bigger, you know, role on that chessboard. It's not going to happen just yet but it is going to happen and i think i'm okay with them bringing characters back as long as they have a functioning reason to be back and a big reason and i think that's the route we're going with rowena and i'm okay with it i just think you've got to be careful when you kill a character and bring them back kill a character and bring them back well i think first of all third time's the charm right so she's got one more yeah and that'll be maybe she's got nine lives she's like a cat dude yeah and i feel like for the most part the ambiguity 
surrounding her character, I think works because it worked with Crowley and they're kind of similar. The both, they're very similar. And they have, you see a lot of that in this episode. Yeah. And there's those complexities of that, that both of them have. And it helps with, of course, the creating the raising stakes. And I feel like more than anything, yes, they're moving pieces into place, but also it helps with the immediate suspense of the season. What yeah. does this mean? I think ultimately that was kind of the point of the ending. We're we're meant to wonder what's happening. Right. It raises questions and sparks interest. Yep. Is she going to be an ultra villain now because of this power? power? Was she manipulating Sam this whole time or was there truth? And I and I like that they left us thinking those things. I don't want things spelled out, especially no. for villains. I, I feel like that's a big problem we see a lot in TV and movies. They have to explain the villain. How? You don't. You can make your no. villains complex without explaining away why they're evil or explaining away why we should like them and maybe root for them. You well, made a, you made a hold on. You made a yeah, great ahead. point, Mike, because it's they're adding so much similarity between her and Crowley, and obviously they should. That's Crowley's their mom. Family, their right. family, right? Yeah, but you're right. How many times have we seen Crowley? in the last you know four or five years come up with a plan and we don't get all of it and we don't he doesn't know get caught monologuing yeah. there's no bullshit like that and rowena's the same way and i yeah. think that is very smart of them to write her like that like you said because they are family but that's what we loved about crowley and it keeps us yeah. guessing it keeps it, us guessing yes and that's what we want and right? even up to crowley's death we were still wondering no fucking idea we're like okay did he die for them or was like what was the was purpose? Was it a spite Lucifer? Yeah. Was it for them? Was it both? And I think most of the fans, and I think even the writers themselves, yes, they left it open for interpretation. But I think all of us can agree <laughs> that ultimately he was on that Team was, Winchester, yeah, yeah. and he did die for them specifically because that that's was what they said this week. That was seventy percent dying for D- Sam and Dean, and thirty yeah. percent to stick it to Lucifer. Right. Say yeah. fuck you. Yeah. You know. Well, I think, and one of the biggest things that I've heard about writing, which is shows very well here, is you don't need to know a character's motivations. You just nope. have to know their goals. Yep. Having clear goals for Rowena, I want the Black Grimoire because it'll make me more powerful, is the clear goal. Why she wants it is supposed can to be change. ambiguous. It can change. And that's perfectly tied to Crowley. We see a lot of that, not just in what she, why she does the thing she does. It's a personal reason that we don't really need to know about right now. But some of the little mannerisms, like when she's like, I just need a minute. And that mild manipulation in order to lay a trap to get what right. she wants, you know, playing both sides, both the, the sisters and the Winchesters in order to get what she wants. The Crowley thing, dude. It's Crowley. That That's exactly where he got it from. And as much as they may have hated each other, it's very nice to see how similar they are yeah. as characters. And again, kudos to the writing for that, because that's how you get that across. And even the the touches towards what she's seen what she's been through with lucifer with sam you know again is that manipulation just to get what she wants or is there some truth to that and is there a survival instinct as well at play exactly because I mean, that has always been her biggest thing and crowley yep survivor look at season seven with the leviathans he did not play sides he tried to be as neutral out of the way hiding from castiel at the beginning hiding from Dick Roman, making deals like that until it served his needs. Sometimes you got to hide from Dick. Yeah. I hide from <laughs> Dick all the time. You got to hide. You can't just, you can't just you find yourself dicks. hiding from Dick. Yeah. You just can't well, have Dick. What if they thing, slide into well, your DMs? Th- that's the, Oh, that's the oh, worst thing. Tom. Man. That's what I'm talking about. You never, you never want Dick creeping up. Behind you never want you. surprise yeah. Dick. Yeah. I mean, you never surprise, want Dick, creeping surprise up behind Dick you. is not the greatest. I mean, thing. it's very uncomfortable. Oh, what's that? Yeah. You know, Dick creeping up behind you and, you know, poking you a little bit. I mean, it's just, it's not just let it's a, 
knock no, at the door? Dude, it's look, <laughs> the thing is, surprise dick sneaking up behind and giving you a little poke ski. Not really what I'm I'm into. You yeah. know, Sometimes I'm typically you the one that likes hide. Yeah. Run and hide from it. You don't utilize the fear? No. You can't <laughs> utilize the fear in that situation. Sorry. No, but she has always been a survivor. We she's been characterized as that throughout her run on the show. Yep. And again, that She's is like Destiny's Child. I'm a survivor, and that is very much like Cass or uh, Crowley, which I do like. That some of the stuff that she has boasted about that she's so powerful and that all this strength that she has is in fact hiding up her own insecurities, her own weaknesses. But ultimately, her goal has always been: how do I survive this encounter? Ah, Jesus, is this Crowley's theme song? Is this three part Destiny's Child or four part? This is three part. This is three part. Okay. They lost a member. Thanks for the update. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm just saying. Thanks for the 411. Oh. <laughs> what is this? MTV circa 1999? Yeah. Yo, MTV raps. <laughs> dude, can you see like a music video of Rowena and this song just playing in the background? Hey, dude, Hollywood's next parody. <laughs> and edit that. Wouldn't that be some shit? Nah, leave it in. I'm not deleting this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they're both dancing right now. You know Thomas has never heard of the, heard this song before. No, I've heard this song. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right. I just like Ryan's whole... You got a dance routine for every song. <laughs> dude. Dude, he's an MTV kid. He yeah. watched all the music yeah, videos. He knows all shit, the movies. Bro. Isn't this the one where they're like on the beach and they've got like... Yeah. Yeah, see, I know, this dude. This is when Beyonce was in touch with her femininity mm-hmm. in a real way. Kelly Rowland was hot, though. Now it's about hiding it up. Yeah. Well, Jay-Z's seen it all already, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> And that just put an end to it? Yeah. Anyway, she's always been... <laughs> that would have been good had it had been the chorus and the Survivor said right then. Oh. She's always done that. We've seen that with Crowley. It's interesting when you have this parent-son you know, son dynamic because we've had a little bit of that with John Winchester and Sam and Dean way back in the day, which made sense because that was who the show has been about. But to see it with a villain over the course of, what, eight years? Give or take more even. Well, I think I, ultimately we we know so much about Crowley and, and what we saw, like you said, over the last eight years or whatever to finally see where he got all that from and the, and the, the manipulation and the and the, um, you know, being a survivor. It, it It's very interesting now, now that we see the similarities with his mother. I like how they've done it, because when I see her interacting with the Winchesters like this and screwing over the sisters to screw over the Winchesters to screw over the sisters. I just think back to the market cane, the first blade. Yep. I think back to, you know, giving them the cult so that he, they can shoot Lucifer because that'll help him out. I think back to trying to make a deal with Dick Roman, but then double crossing him with the Winchesters. Yep. I, I just, sometimes you got to double cross Dick, double cross your dicks. Whoa. I just, it, all don't of it, cross the streams. Just all double of cross it comes together. And I like that a lot. But the question does remain, (laughs) was she manipulating them? Does she have new? And my question, too, was she manipulating Sam to get what she wanted for the true reason? Or was she just simply wanting more power? Which seems to be there's an immense amount of power that seemed to come from that. Holy shit. Is this like ultra Rowena? Is this This Rowena Rowena. 2.3? Super Saiyan Rowena? This is Super Saiyan Rowena. Because you don't end an episode like that unless you're trying to say something. Right. that okay let's talk and about the that eye shot color because i do want to talk <laughs> yeah. about the shot because that shot was fucking badass with the chains and everything like breaking around her 
that was a very, very visual shot of, of, okay, now we have, cause we always thought Rowena was pretty damn powerful to begin right. with, but now. Exactly. And it's like, oh my yeah. God, holy like, what shit. What is she capable of? And the fact that the coven put, put her those power restraints on, on lock. Her. Yes. I mean, that she, does scream that's Anakin. Dang, that's yeah. dangerous. That that's, screams Goku, bro. That's like breaking, like. Next level. From here, it matters on why the coven did this. Did the yeah. coven do it for their own self-preservation? Was she going or, at? Was right. she going after them? Or was this like a men of letters type of call where we're trying to restrain evil and power? Yeah, like that creates some questions. Well, no I doubt. think I think back to previous discussions about the Grand Coven in season ten. When the, I can't remember the other witch's name, but when Doesn't she finally matter. captured her before she turned her into a hamster. They've always talked down to Rowena. You are not good as you th- as yeah. good as you think you are. You are impetuous and you suck. Like that's basically they always tell her that. But is that because they're afraid? Yes. What if what if it's swung a different way? What if it's because they always knew that she was more powerful and they we have to keep her down because yes. otherwise she will crush us it's all. It's like exactly. Mace Windu with Anakin. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly the vibe I got. And I, I love some of the Star Wars parallels throughout this season. Oh, yeah. Between Jack and now Rowena. And the do you have the right to control someone's power just because you're afraid of it? You can even draw that parallel to Jack yeah. with her. Yeah. I agree. <sighs> and I really, really like what they did with her character this week. I have no problems with it no, at none, all. None whatsoever. And I know we were kind of like sighing because of them bringing her back. But, it but ended they did up, a good job with they it. They did a really good job with it. And again, the questions. And that's what I always like. What are you going to do? If you're going to bring a character back, it's got to have some type of ramification. And if that ramification is simply a question mark, then I think that's a success. Because we had that moment where Dean, and this is where they can be playing on our own uh, potential yeah. um, problems that we may see, like for potential foreshadowing. And again, they can go in any direction with this, and it works for the purpose of keeping the audience on the edge of their seats. Because when you end the episode with Dean saying, Rowena's not our friend. Right. Yeah. Again, a well chosen line specifically to say something. They are trying to play and maybe even be a bit contradictory yeah. with the direction they're going to go so they can mislead us or possibly go with the route that we're all thinking, which may be, in fact, an, an ally of sorts. I just want to point out that the visual effects team decided to hit another color on the spectrum of eye colors <laughs> and go with blue. So we've seen red, blue, gold. I mean, well, this isn't just blue because Angel said blue. This is dark blue. Oh, so my bad. This was was this fire blue, possibly? This it's is a little too fire. dark for that. Our, but... I don't know, Thomas. I don't know. That looked blue fiery to me. It's, it's pretty close. It's pretty close. We'll have to see. They were just like, this was them. They were like, hey, we need to do another eye shot with some eyes change color. Let's go blue fire. (laughs) What do you think, Adam? Um, Well, there's this uh, guy. I forgot his name now. Um, I I know Ryan and Mike, but I forget the other guy's name. He's always talking about blue fire. I think we should save the blue for Lucifer. I don't know if that's a good call. Uh, well, so maybe we go darker blue and just do like some blue eyes and some okay, purple so shit lighter, around it. Lighter blue is kind of like ice and fire. So yeah. we could save that possibly for <laughs> Lucifer to pacify the guys I don't remember his name of in that podcast. But um, yes, dark blue doesn't symbolize necessarily cold and frost. Right. Okay, let's go but with let's blue. Let's do that. All right, cool. How many more colors on the spectrum do we have? Because I, I know we got to do some more eyes are we, this season. Are we basing our color swatches Roy on Roy G. The- Biv. <laughs> Are we using <laughs> my Crayola box is down to seven? I got gray periwinkle polka dot. I don't even know how that is happened. Is fuchsia still there? I, I think we can use. We fuchsia. use that for that Cupid thing. Oh remember? shit! Yeah. Um. You know what? I got mauve. 
you know what? On that, we need to just share some information we have. <laughs> it just hit me now when you we started are? doing this. Okay, so during break, Robert Barron sent us a message, and he says, he just puts, ah, ha, 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 and then he says, your latest description of us picking colors for Jack's power is hilariously accurate. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, last year, me and a few others, we needed to get a glimpse of specific colors. I'm going to paraphrase here. Uh, <laughs> then we all had to figure out what colors were still left. That's that actually really that funny. That they're deciding colors like that. I mean. I have the message here. Oh, do you? Yeah. Okay. Did, can, read, did read I read it correctly? You're pretty close. He's like, uh, 1219 last year, me and and mirror were like this is the first glimpse we need a specific color then we all had to figure out what colors we still had available that's okay. so funny dude like i think it's i think it's funny that they are literally have like a pinwheel and they're throwing a dart on the wall and saying oh there's a color you're 13 years in like yeah. that, that unfortunately there's not a lot left for your own artistic you gotta start, you, motivation you have to yeah. start saying well yeah. jesus christ I, I would like for this scene i think orange would work really well but we've already used it yeah that's the downfall of uh going on a you know doing they, a show 13 years you start running out yeah. of certain you literally run out. they're gonna have yeah. to start mixing colors you know like turquoise and shit like they're just gonna have to start going that route oh they, he's got sea foam eyes Seafoam. The chitters were green. These are seafoam. If someone, sea foam if someone wrote that in a script, like for real, like if Yoki wrote, <laughs> I would die like, laughing. Uh, her eyes burst into a blaze of fuchsia. What was that? Fuchsia. 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 Uh, please screenshot that and tweet it to us. I mean, <laughs> oh I, I need to see these colors. Oh my god, I would die. It would be hilarious. I just, I still want to imagine there's just a box what's that of other Crayola color crayons you, and that, they just throw them out and leave what's left. What's that other color you use? Penniwinkle? P- periwinkle. Periwinkle Perry, and what, what is that? Is that really a color? <laughs> yes, periwinkle. It really is, yeah. yeah. Listen, if I was running a TV show, if I was Dab, if I was Andrew Dab and someone wrote that in their script, Periwinkle, her eyes burst into a blaze of Periwinkle <laughs> ambience. It'd be amazing. I'd be like, get the fuck out of <laughs> I'm like, go. That one the worst name for a color yeah it's pretty bad it's right. pretty amazing though no but it it does that scene was amazing i love very cool and i what i liked about it as well was that it's visual storytelling you didn't have to have the sound shit. on to know exactly what was going on there especially with her eyes at the end with all the lights are out it's yeah. that ominous vibe and it reminds me of lucifer when crowley had him in the cage in the, cage, in the yeah. halfway through season 12 really it's just it's the darkness a- and the eyes burst well, in the shot the the candles get blown out by the p- obvious power that is is emanating from her you see the chains broken that which you again doesn't need to be said you can see it um i also the shot that i really liked and i know we keep talking about the chains and the eyes but if you looked at the spell page the spell page actually lit up too as well yeah I like, like that. it was like she was actually summoning the page to work so i i definitely thought this shot was really really cool and, and it, like you said it's visual storytelling we didn't need any exposition nothing whatsoever what just watch the scene and it's like okay i totally understand what's going on and again with yoki's i'm not sure if it was him specifically but the dark visuals with her slitting her own throat that was for the real, power that was crazy. like she will go to dangerous limits yeah to have that and again is that because she truly wants power because she's afraid or is there a greater force at play here and I really do want to know. It's it's one of the things I do regret about season ten. The Grand Coven kind of being like, oh yeah, they're all dead. Don't here worry they are. About here it. they aren't. Because yeah. now it's delved deeper. There are other witches that had power. There were other ones that yeah. Rowena knew about since season eleven and twelve and on. I just I want to know so much more about how that organization worked. Yeah. So, 
regardless of what they have intended for Owena moving forward, the one thing that it comes back to, it always has to come back to, is the Winchesters. And we talked about this a little bit earlier with Sam and his relationship yeah. to Rowena. And I did like that kind of brothers in battle, you know, only you and the person who's been through that shit can truly understand it. The The telling point to me was the fact that he said he couldn't talk to Dean about it. He said he could tell him about it, but he wouldn't really understand like deeper into it how it makes him feel, what he went through. It's like trying to explain a war zone to somebody else who's never been a part of that. Or I've played Call of Duty. Like, it's 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 something entirely different. Well, the thing the thing that the thing that blows me away about this is that you know, Sam's been through been through that with Lucifer, but what is Dean was how long in hell? So Dean's seen some shit too as well. And I think what throws me off about this is that Sam says he can't talk to Dean about it, but Dean's seen just the same amount of but, bullshit. But it's different. It's, it's okay. And I think I like the I like that they're drawing lines. That there it is there there is a difference. Yes, Dean was in hell being tortured, but Sam was locked in a cage in an intimate setting with the Lucifer, mm, an enraged Lucifer. Yeah, and Adam as well. I mean, yeah, but we don't give both, a fuck about both him. entities that are very evil in their own ways and very vindictive, and and you just casted them all into a prison cell. Yeah, so, you you destroyed Lucifer's plans. You destroyed Michael's plan for a paradise after the fact, and they're the only ones in there with you. And who knows that it's never been exceptionally described, but. The cage as being the darkest pit Let, of hell. Could they raped be. the shit out of Sam. Let's be honest. Oh it, my god! He dropped the soap and he got a train run on. It could. Let's be honest. The, the cage not, could be far worse than uh-huh. other layers of hell. Plus, the thing we have to remember: yes, they tortured Dean, but they tortured Dean with a goal of having him become a torturer. Oh, so true. they were trying to manipulate him. It couldn't have been as bad. Meanwhile, Lu- Sam and Lucifer is pure malevolent rage. There is nothing else he gets out of that at that time other than his own sick entertainment. So it had not like that, Ryan. Oh, okay. it has to be assumed <laughs> that it's a little bit different. Now, Rowena didn't spend time in hell, but you still pissed off Lucifer to that same degree right. in a way. So seeing yeah, his okay. and the idea, and I think that's why they gave it a specific title of seeing his true face. You know, that horrifying image. Which made me wonder. I'm like, not only not only does it put the emphasis back on Lucifer's true power and how powerful he really is, but also, is there some foreshadowing there? Are we going to get a glimpse of Lucifer? Like, why are they? I are, hope we don't. Is that just no, for the, for the is that not. just for the added emotional impact of the PTSD moment and reminding no. us that Sam is a broken man? Or is there more to it? Let me ask you a question here, because lucifer is an arch archangel isn't he just going to look like a an archangel like he's not going to look like a scary looking who knows how much time in hell affected him that's a good point the way i kind of interpreted interpreted that was not just he was supposed to be the most beautiful angel even uriel says that way back in season four that he was so much more divine than the others at that time but the the time spent in the cage could have corrupted him the mark itself could have corrupted him we know human souls go to hell as human souls but turn into horrifying demons we know dean saw that as he got closer and closer to the veil at the end of season three so your time in hell does affect your physical appearance to us you know to that level right plus there could have been the element of they've said true angels have like six wings and there's the size of the chrysler building 
it could be something when Pamela, the psychic, tried to see Castiel's face and it burned out her eyes. Yeah. yeah. It could be that, something yeah. that we as humans can't understand, but because it was in an alternate dimension of hell for Sam, yeah. he could perceive it and that image still haunts it's him. burned in his His, his brain mind. can't comprehend that Lovecraft idea where you can't comprehend the true horrors that you're witnessing. Yeah. One of those. And that, that does is something. How do you explain that to someone? You can't. Now, again, bringing it back just a moment to Sam for a second. I feel like what Yoki did was important to establish the idea that Sam and Dean are not okay. And the reason why I bring this up is because the fact that they're the people that are very vocal on social media saying, where did Sam all of a sudden decide to become depressed? How did this happen? Uh, What's wrong with Dean? How come he's okay now? They're just flip-flopping. I think there's a lot more complexity to the human condition that people take for granted. They're like, you could be depressed one day. You can be depressed for three months, and then you go six, seven, 12 months being fine. I don't think it's odd to have Sam and Dean be an emotional I, roller coaster when you think of what they've been through. It's very realistic for their emotions to be a roller coaster and to remind us that just like Dean isn't okay, Sam has never been okay. He, he just, says as much. He even says it. He's like, I just keep on. Well, I think, and I explained it last show where I it was the time the time lapse, the, the the us being on break, that whole thing made it seem like it was just matter of fact and just instantly happened. And I think that's where these. Oh, I who, forgot you. Yeah, I that. explained right. that. And I think that's where the people that are having that problem on on Twitter or whatever social media that they want to fucking bitch on is. <laughs> Damn. It's true, though. Um, or a podcast. Or, <laughs> or, a podcast. <laughs> or, or a podcast. The thing is. The like, one with the two guys and the other one I keep forgetting. Yeah, that for, forgettable guy. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I think that that really does add to a factor of people being upset about them flip-flopping and and I think at the end of the day like Sam hasn't been okay for a while and I think people forget the fact that forget that and I think um ultimately I think we're going to see at least in the later half of this season mm-hmm. we're going to see a change in Sam as they as as Dean explains it as they win and you you know they yeah. I mean they are going to win at some point so I think for them to, for him to, to kind of be in this shitty hole isn't a bad thing. I mean, we get to see Sam express his feelings in a different way than we do Dean. And well, I, I think, think, go ahead. No, no, I just, I, I was pretty much done. I was just kind of, I think but, it comes back to the fact that, as Mike just said, people deal with things differently. You might, and you might be with depression or anything. You might be fine for a long time and you might be miserable for a long time. Right. And I think some of it struggles from so much of it has been Dean focused, especially throughout Carver's run. Right. That we only ever saw Dean react, and Sam was more of a, a, a neutral. He was always just going through he was just there. The, the agenda. And I think it comes down to what makes each of them tick. When I look back at previous seasons, Sam functions so long as he has a plan. When Dean died at the end of season three, his whole thing was hunt Lilith, become powerful enough with Ruby's help to kill Lilith and avenge his brother. Mm, I, with... Mm-hmm. With season eight, it was closing the gates of hell because he felt bad about what he had done when he had forgotten Dean. You know, he's even with season 12 and the first half of 13, we're going to use Jack's powers to get mom back and we're going to save the day. Sam needs a plan. As long as he has that, he can function. As long as he has that, he can put the blinders on and move forward. Dean, it does. Dean doesn't care about a plan because he's always been shoot first, ask questions later. But he always needs a reason when he when Sam, you know, died at the end of season two. Right. He had a reason to bring to help him 
a reason to keep moving on. He was going to call a crossroads demon and get his brother back. How he was going to figure out how to deal with that, that was a day, an issue for another day. When he was going to kill Dick Roman because they killed Bobby, he didn't have an idea of how the fuck he was going to do it, but he had an objective, a goal. He had something, a reason to push him forward. When he lost Mom and Castiel and Crowley, he had no more reasons. There was nothing else to drive him other than the fact that if they continued, Sam and him would eventually one day die as well. He felt that there was no reason that hopelessness came through very, very strongly in the beginning of season 13. But with the lack of a plan now, we see Sam is in that same boat. Meanwhile, Dean has an objective. We know we can open up the door somehow. I know mom's alive. My reason is mom is alive and therefore I will still go. Whereas Sam has, I don't have a plan. And therefore, all I think about is that I can't help her and I have no more motivation. Right. It's people dealing with things and what makes someone get over grief, which is something Rowena has to con- con- struggle with right now. You can't always band-aid your problems. Sometimes you have to deal with them and they are shitty and everybody deals with them differently. Dean needs a reason. Sam needs a plan. Rowena needs to feel safe. Sometimes you don't get all of that and you have to move forward yeah. anyway. And that growing learning moment is what I think we're going to see moving forward in season 13. Hmm. I think it's very personal to these two characters. And that's what I love about this season so far is that they've done a great job showing that grief for two different people in two different, completely different ways. Hmm. So with that, guys, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to get into the other big part of the discussion. This episode that I have a lot of questions on Lucifer Castiel Jack, that relationship between the true father and the stepfather, surrogate father, and what could that could mean for the season moving forward. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back in just a moment. This is Crossroads 003. The Star Wars, the actual title, then you have Darth Vader, and those things are interconnected, like, beautifully. How oh, yeah. they're working. And then you have Princess Leia, which I know you're not a big fan of. Uh, just the artwork. The artwork kind of is. I haven't, I haven't, that's, that's like the one I haven't, because I've been busy. The artwork sh- is shitty, man. I don't know. I, I, don't I, like I actually it, like the artwork. It looks so cheesy. It looks cheesy. Explain it. Sell me on it, David. Sell me on it. Because I have also, I've heard other people say the same thing that the Leia artwork is not, the story is good, but the artwork is kind of cheese. The artwork, the the only reason why I'm a big fan of the artwork is because I'm a big fan of the artist. Okay. Is that his style? That's their style. They're they're very famous for drawing female characters. And in in the past, it's always been, they've always been the go to person to draw very sexy female characters, Mm -hmm. sexy and strong. Like he, They've, yeah, they've throwing done, the strong, throwing the strong there. You don't want to be hated on. Like, str- <laughs> they've done like all, all their models. They're really good at drawing nice, nice toned, nice toned buns, Bumps, thick thighs. Thick thigh. It's feminist approved. <laughs> you have to call. You have to call them breasts. Okay. <laughs> I understand that he became he he was this all powerful Jedi, 
and now he's just kind of a henchman and and now you see reasons the what, what they're writing in between yeah it fills in the gaps and really shows how palpatine kind of treats him like a bitch well no well, on top like, of that you do wonder why emperor palpatine of course yeah puts all this power into darth vader but treats him like a henchman yeah i'm also it's also probably a, a sith move to keep him in check so he doesn't become too big for his britches and slay him you know what yeah. i mean that's probably another i mean that's that's classic sith 101 classic yeah sith that's what i was thinking about the whole time but it you, gets too big for his britches you know his job as a sith is to kill his master and take his place right but the emperor also sees that basically how powerful darth vader can be oh annie you've become so powerful <laughs> <laughs> i'll have watched you since you were just a youngling <laughs> and now your lightsaber has grown <laughs> i understand why star wars is nominated i mean it's just the continuation of the previous six films yeah <laughs> I love Greg's voice when he does that one. I just want, I just want them to. If, it's got to be nominated for best visual effects. I mean, if if and if that well, for that, like whatever it loses to, better be a fucking dynamo of visual effects. The, the art community, uh, whether it be the Academy or the Emmys, they don't ever give sci-fi yeah their that's fair what I shake. It, they, they I mean, because if they did, Battlestar Galactica would have won every single Emmy for the entire six years it was on the air. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's, I mean, Battlestar Galactica is easily one of the best science fiction operas to ever grace television, and they won dick. Yeah, we here at the Academy Awards believe that science fiction isn't really a viable medium in film or television. I mean, science and fiction just don't work. I mean, I science mean, is fact and <laughs> fiction is fiction. <laughs> <laughs> the name itself makes no sense. <laughs> I sit with myself inside my room with all my awards, inside my smoke, inside my fireside chair, and my smoking jacket, and I laugh at all these science fiction films that come out. Oh. Yes, yes, indubitably. <laughs> The RMD Premium Live Video Feed Access and Quarterly Gift Tier is now here. That's right, we've boosted our quarterly gift tier on Patreon with video access. So now, not only will you receive exclusive gifts every quarter, but you also get up to up close and personal during our live shows and recording sessions. All of this when you sign up for the Get Gifted Plus Live Video Access Tier on our Patreon page. So go over to patreon.com slash Digital to pledge. Receive exclusive RMD and Supernatural The Crossroads gifts every quarter, along with video access and all of our lower tiers that include our produced video casts, podcasts, behind-the-scenes content, plus hundreds of hours of bonus material, all for just $15 a month. Head on over to our Patreon page to gain access today at www.patreon.com slash Digital. This is Crossroads 003. Look, I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen, but it does happen. Welcome back, everybody. Supernatural The Crossroads. Now let's talk about Lucifer and Castiel. Now, Cassifer. Cassifer is back. I did think of that for just a half second when they were 
toying with each other through the wall. Oh, they were yeah. There, there was there's a, a hole, hole in that wall. a specific hole that they toyed with each other. A, if there was a hole in that wall, there'd have been some First glory. First, it's your turn, sure. then it's my turn. <laughs> there'd have been some glory. <laughs> no, and that but, wall is pretty sturdy. That's yeah. some pretty strong warding. Yeah, that's what it was for. Yeah. Just for that. I think Trump should probably put some warding on on his uh, wall. <laughs> just just like to keep Mexicans out. Oh, it's just like an it's like an outline put, of a big Holy burrito. Santos, it's, a big, real, it's a big burrito. Like a, that's the warding. Dude, you just put a Holy Santos Mary on the wall, and they're never they going to go across it. it. Yeah, they can't cross it. <laughs> now we've had several episodes where Lucifer I, and Cassiel have really. kind of teamed up, I or at least <laughs> Jesus God. <laughs> <laughs> I can remember. Oh man! Trump oh, used the sacred seal, the sacred Holy Santos. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we've had a few episodes now where Castiel and Lucifer aren't immediately trying to kill the other. We had that when Lucifer returned from the apocalypse world, and for a little bit there, it kind of got a feeling that they might work together. And we discussed this, that episode that we were afraid that Castiel may make similar mistakes. He seemed to not want to go down that road. He still didn't trust Lucifer, but he wasn't immediately calling Sam and Dean and letting him know exactly what had happened. And so we have them in the prison cell and we notice that Lucifer's grace, his powers are still really hindered. He can't even move the freaking stick off the floor. Which I like that little, again, visual storytelling where we can tell that he doesn't have the strength at that time. And then they have that, you know, angelic dick measuring contest. They do. (laughs) Where, again, one thing I love about Lucifer is his, and he's called it out here. He tells hard truths that people don't want to hear and so they call it lies. And that's true when we talk about Castiel having stolen other angels' grace. And he calls Lucifer a cannibal, but he's the same exact person. He did Mm -hmm. the exact same thing. Which then leads me to believe how different, because of the things they've done at this point, are Castiel Castiel and Lucifer. I mean, both have killed thousands of angels, presumably. Both thought they were doing the right thing. Both tried to recreate the world in their own image because a god abandoned them. Both have fed on other angels. They even teamed up at one point. Is Castiel looking at a dark reflection of where he could go down, go down if he's not careful? We know angels already hate him. I yeah. mean, yeah, I like what it, they did. It was good. And also I like that it wasn't so confrontational as well. Like it was it was a yeah. different type of Castiel. It was more matter of fact. It, it, it was, Less goofball no. Cass. It was someone who finally understood things it seemed like there was a certain i don't know what it was about it but the performance was very subtle from Misha collins yes yes there was a confidence and resolve there was it felt a, like season four cast and that's a castiel that focused. we have not seen mm-hmm. in a very long time he's an individual who has a plan maybe he doesn't Look, have it all worked out but he has a general idea of what's going to happen i mean honestly i haven't felt like that since season Seven, because we I, didn't get a guy that was be, that allowed himself to be antagonized like he has in the past. He wasn't being bullied by Lucifer. In fact, the roles were reversed in a lot of ways. Well, I know we didn't exactly like the line, you know, I learned from my mistakes. But as he's sitting there, that's more of a focused, confident Castiel of someone who yeah. has actually learned from their mistakes and will not yeah. be manipulated. And I think that's what. What we've wanted from Castiel ultimately was the fact that he was easily manipulated. He was easily kind of 
pushed in the in the direction that whoever was messing with him could could lead him. Yeah. And I think now we've seen a Castiel who has been around that for a while now and isn't going to let it affect him. And I and I think it's awesome a great switch where Castiel's the stronger of the two. And he's basically poking Lucifer saying, hey, I'm stronger than you right now. And there's not a damn thing that you can do about it. And he does it in a way that perfectly hurts Lucifer. Yes. He can't physically hurt him through the wall. He can't do anything about that. But he can twist that knife of what has happened to his son. More specifically, who his son has turned out to be. You know, we talked about this from season 11 through now. Lucifer doesn't have anybody that he feels gives a shit about him. His own father has abandoned him repeatedly, and that was a big part of his depression era in season 12, where he was going to just keep smashing things because he had no purpose. There was no reason to do anything. And with his son, it was intended, it seems, that this was going to be the one thing that was guaranteed to care for him or follow in his footsteps or be something that he could relate to in any way, guaranteed to work no matter what. And here's Castiel twisting that knife because his son is a good person who wants to help heroes out, who would rather kill you mm-hmm. than help you in any way. Yeah. And that hurts. It does. And I think it affected Lucifer as well. Oh, we and, saw that. And that immediately made me wonder what direction are they taking Lucifer? We've seen all types of Lucifers. And I think we can all agree that we don't want his fangs to be removed and we don't want him to be the good guy per se. However, if they manage to make him make a decision that's, yes. a, that's a good decision and it's m- emotionally motivated, I feel like they could actually turn Lucifer not a, not into a good guy, but into a weapon that can be used by the good team. And I feel like those remarks Castiel made might be a bit of foreshadowing or some insight into how Lucifer may interact he's insecure he's been rejected he feels like he's an outcast he doesn't feel like he's loved because of what because of decisions he's made that's Mm -hmm. different than the other angels so don't think for a second when the writers were writing this week's episode or they were planning out what they're going to be doing with lucifer moving forward it's going to matter later in the season or even next season it's going to be the catalyst that ultimately will cause i should say lucifer to make a specific decision because i can almost see him making a good decision for the betterment of the world for the betterment of team winchester because it's what his son wants do you honestly think that he wants to look bad to his son does he want to be no different than his own father does he now want his son to reject him like god has rejected him and everybody else i feel like it's going to be a very impactful uh moment moment for him when it comes down to that i don't think that's what he wants and i don't think i think it would be too expected for him just to kind of shrug it off and say well never mind i don't care about my son the whole drive of lucifer since last season now has been about his son so i don't think he's willing to give up on it i i feel like he's gonna want to make the right decision because his son is going to be in front of him and and i will put money on this right now we're gonna see that moment we're gonna see his son look at lucifer and Lucifer is going to have to make a make decision. A choice. And do you think he's going to want to see hatred in his son's eyes? Or do you want to see maybe some possible kinship? Yeah, but the, the thing is, and one of the things that we're forgetting, though, is that Lucifer's whole goal with his son was to use the power of his son. Maybe it, originally. Yeah, and, and that was his original goal. But now after hearing what Castiel had to say about his son and how much good is in his son, 
You're right. I think he's going to, you're right, Mike, he's going to have to make a decision. And I think that's why we watched that scene pain him so much because he wanted to use him for his power. I don't think he gave a shit about the fact that he's his son and, oh my God, I love my son. No, I think there was, I think there's a a small fraction of that, but I think he wanted to use him for his power. And I think the fact that he's not evil and can't be manipulated is where he's going to have to make that decision. And I think he's going to ultimately have to change. And I think you're right. He will have to make that decision. And and now that he hears this stuff from Castiel and how Castiel knows his son better than him, it hurts him. It hurts him. He, and I don't think he's used to that, that feeling. Uh, and, and that's a very human feeling. We're getting these characters with Rowena and, and, and now Lucifer getting a more human aspect to them. And I think they're going to be added to the team a lot more than we think. And, I think you're partially right. I do think you're partially right. Like I can do- definitely get behind the idea that Lucifer wanted to use his son at as, first. Yeah. yeah. And I think even up to that moment, you may be right, but I also feel like everything we know of, of Lucifer is about insecurity. Yes. And, and abandonment. And if suddenly Castiel is telling him how great his son is and how much of a good person he is and how he despises you and what you stand for and how he wants to be good so much that he's gone out of his way to try to understand human behavior and understand the differences between good and bad. Mm. I feel like it may turn on him or and cause him some a bit of emotion because of his insecurity because yes i think he looked at him at first as a blunt weapon it's a weapon as hey this is how i can gain an upper hand over the universe whatever it may be however now that it's something very real and that's a lot like a lot of pregnancies and parents who have kids sometimes you're not in it emotionally until after you look at your kid i know a lot of friends that are like that's what it felt real who are like hey yeah i have a kid great Mm, who cares and then suddenly (laughs) the kid's born you're like my whole life is different and now i get it yeah i think that's going to come into play here because i i've heard that exact thing mike a lot of people i've talked to it it's it didn't feel real until they were born or the the minute they saw them and held them that's when it clicked and he's never had that at this point Lucifer. He hasn't seen the kid. He has no idea. You're right, Ryan. He was going to use him to create and not destroy. Right. Simply as a tool. But I think when you say those very same things, that the son is so different and hates everything that the father stands for, that screams how Lucifer and God's relationship started out. And does he want to fall into the same role that pushed him away? Does he want to be the God to Jack's Lucifer? No, he doesn't. Yeah, and I do feel that that's what they're working towards. However, I also feel like partially what Ryan said is spot on as well. I I don't think it's going to be as simple as, oh, puppy dogs and rainbows. No, I love yeah. you, son. No, no, no. It's not going to be that way. However, I do think it's going to be a lot more emotionally complicated. I feel like it'll ultimately it could come down to something like Crowley at the end of season 12. A decision to do some one good thing Yeah, for, for the others. Yeah. And I feel like that might be the more poetic ending than sam and dean put down lucifer finally but that lucifer ends it by either trying to destroy himself with michael in order to save his son to do one good thing right and i think with castiel saying i've learned from my mistakes and trying to do the good thing finally by not fucking up you know i feel like that could be a little bit of not exactly foreshadowing but we could look back at that moment and see the same idea play through lucifer's head and i think that it will come down to that one choice he won't change personalities he will not become a good guy immediately 
best case scenario, he'd be like he was in season 11 where the enemy of my enemy is my friend. But I think ultimately it'll come down to one moment where it'll be how will I be remembered in the eyes of my son? And will that affect him to the degree that it seems to affect everybody else? Hmm. So, I mean, I'm excited for that. I, I, it was interesting that he, Cassiel actually went for the stab. He actually went for the stab yeah. move. And it, the little flicker, I don't, I mean, obviously we know that doesn't affect based on the upcoming yeah. episodes, but I want to, I wonder what that'll do. Will that keep him lower on the strength level for a little bit? Cause he seemed, he obviously the rage let him gain some of his powers back, which I loved when he grabbed that demon and yeah, pulled him right cool. to the gate. That was cool shit. That was awesome. Will it, but will a stab wound from an angel blade weaken him again, buying them some more time? Will that make him too weak by the time Michael shows up? Who knows? I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of speculation on what could possibly happen with that, but I mean, he gutted him, dude. He, he went stabbed him in the street. Yeah, right what if someone was walking their dog right there? I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. What did I just walk onto? Holy crap. If you're walking in that neighborhood where that uh, you got a insane asylum is at, yeah. guess what? You, you see those types of things on <laughs> yeah, a daily basis. People just, get you know, stabbed all the time. Another man. guy getting stabbed. No biggie. Just some stabbing. You white crackers killing each other. <laughs> white on white crime. Yeah. I don't give a shit about them whiteies. Yeah. White people problems. Yeah. <laughs> killing each other over their 401k. Fuck them. <laughs> 401k. My portfolio's bigger than yours. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. My house has got one more bedroom than yours. <laughs> Hashtag white people problem. I got a bidet. Yeah. What do you got? <laughs> I mean, ultimately, it's a water hose. It's just a hose. Uh, I got this. Is that why your back, ass. That's backyard a, fence was open? That, that's the Mexican version. You just put the hose right in the crack and just turn it on, huh? <laughs> Get those things, you know, those things that dingleberries, it, you, know, yeah, you, get rid of those? you know, when you uh want to fill up water balloons on the garden yeah, hose, is that what you put in your butt? You put like an adapter that on little it, and nozzle? Then you just shoot it right in, <laughs> and you just put it right down your ass crack yeah. and turn it on. And if you want, put a balloon also over it and then stick it in there, and then it fills up. And what you, you got some sex, a balloon or a condom? Which one? Either one will work. Oh, okay, <laughs> has to be a small a condom, more sturdy. Yeah, well, it's not going to blow up. The ridges might feel weird, but I mean, unless. You pinhole it, but that's different. What in the fuck? <laughs> pinhole it. <laughs> all right. I, I was all like, what are you talking about? No, I, I imagine everything with far too much detail of what you're talking about. So we're going to move on. Sure you can. All right. So we're going to wrap up here. There are so many different pieces to season 13. And I'm having a hard time thinking of another season that had this many different moving parts. Where we have Rowena. We have Lucifer. We have Apocalypse Earth Michael. We have the Shadim Asmodeus. Asmodeus catch Rowena. We've got Ka- Rowena. Oh. <laughs> I'd love Potentially to catch Rowena. we have Kaya, alternate Earth Kaya coming into this. Yeah. At some point she could. They may not be specifically to that's the spinoff. A, I think that's a wayward thing. It might be, it might not be, but it could still be a threat. We've got the cannons and what any other monsters that may have slipped through those doors to realities. Yeah. We have Jack himself. There's a lot of problems. There's, we have yet to see Bizarro Bobby and what maybe he could throw into this mix with Michael coming through. Who else will come through? We've got so many fucking problems. Bobby just problems. steps through for no reason. Dude, what if, hey, guys, what if Bobby here. gets killed by Hey, Dick you Roman all fucking idiots. <laughs> if he drops an F-bomb. If they bleep it, dude, that'd be amazing. Oh, I'd be like, that'd oh be my the God. best. I'm back, you fucking idiots. <laughs> you bleeping idiots. But we've got so much shit going on. I <laughs> bet. A good thing we don't write sometimes. For yeah. This show. It just Bobby shows up and he tells him to fuck himself. <laughs> <laughs> Me and this, this here gun, Rufus. Then a guy named Ryan shows up and him and Rowena go on a date and they fuck. 
Oh, oh. And that's that's just a page. That's, <laughs> and then they fuck. Yeah. It's got to be sensual like though. I, I I I have to be taken out on a nice date before I put Yeah, it. okay. Take me out to dinner first. Anyway, and poke, and poke a pan in it. Uh, <laughs> then turn on the hose. <laughs> put the adapter right down your ass crack. Oh. We've got so many different moving parts in this season. I'm I'm curious as to what will happen. I know Mike, you had a speculation idea of there's going to be battle lines. I think essentially, they're, I, they're, because there's so moving, so many moving parts. Yes, some of it can just be set up and getting things ready for the next season or yeah. potential storylines. That's great, and I think so far it's all working out fine. But it, I'm wondering if we're going to get some type of super showdown where everyone's going to have to kind of join forces yeah. against Michael. We've already been. We've already been uh, schooled on the fact that Michael is extremely powerful from the alternate right. uh, apocalypse yep. Earth. Yep. And I think we're going to need to do a, another super superhero team up 2.0 with Lucifer, Rowena, uh, the Winchesters, maybe the Wayward Sisters. Who knows? But I think yeah. that the way they're setting things up, it seems to be very big scale. They're not going to a they're not going to this isn't going to end in a very intimate way like last season ended. This is going to end end in a more epic Yeah, I agree. Way. It's going to be apocalyptic, really. Yeah, it has to be. And now and now that we're kind of moving along here, and I know we were kind of wondering when Michael's going to make an appearance again, I think it's safe to say, like, yes, he may not be the, the big bad of the season, but I feel like a lot of these moving parts are moving in that direction to include Michael. Because look at yeah. everybody who has um, who has an actual story this year. Lucifer, Castiel, Jack, Mary, Jared Jensen. What is the one thing uh, – Sam and Dean, I should say. What's the, what's the one thing they all have in common at, at this point? And it is the potential of Michael coming over. Yeah. And the threat he poses. And, and, and what type of threat does he pose to Asmodeus? Are we going to yeah. see even Asmodeus join with the Winchesters temporarily? Uh, I don't know about that one. I'm not saying he's going to team up with them and be their buddies, but are you going to see him work in the angle to get Michael out of the way? Because his he doesn't want Michael to ruin shit for him. That's a good point. For his own plans. You know, it's, uh, it comes down to the unholy alliances and the lesser of two evils. What do you do? I'm not saying Sam and Dean will join Team Asmodeus. I'm saying he will do something yeah. that will help and aid them. Enemy so of my that, enemy. Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I can definitely see how the moving parts are working into a one common thread. Next time on Supernatural. No, Stephen. going to be. Yeah. Every show that I do, I talk about moving parts, and you can have moving parts, and I like lots of moving parts and TV shows, but they always got to come back to the main narrative yep. thread. Always. And it seems like they are starting to veer off. They were all going in all different types of directions. And now it looks like there's that one common element, Michael crossing over or the threat of him crossing over. That seems to be the thing that are now drawing those other strands of narratives together. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about it at length with Jack being kind of be the tent pole that everything else revolves right. around. We haven't seen Jack since he traveled to Apocalypse World. Is it potential that... Michael could influence Jack or control him in some way, or will it be everyone versus Michael? And then they still don't stand a chance. And it comes down to Jack. Jack. I mean, I do think the idea of battle lines oh. kind of makes sense because we are upping people's power level. Yeah. We've got a Prince of hell. We've got Lucifer who is weak right now, but that is temporary. It's temporary seems. for sure. We've got Rowena with brand new powers. 
We've got the Shadim monsters, which I know were kind of tossed about in the very beginning, but I think that's going to come back. It's got to come back. We've got all of the Wayward Sisters. We've got new psychic powers. We've got Dreamwalking. We've got got Catch. You've got Jack, who's ultimately more powerful than everyone. And then, yeah, the big ace up the sleeve is Jack. Yeah. So, I I don't know. I I does feel like it's going to be an apocalypse. It's got to be epic. It's It's got to be epic. epic. This is an epic season. There's no way around that. I'm excited, dude. I I like. I I know that. Sometimes a lot of moving parts can can hinder a season, but I just feel like this is going to be epic, and I think it's going to be really cool. If, as long as everything works together, yeah, you can have as many moving parts as you want. Yeah, absolutely. It's when they start as going cogs, off. And, as long as the cogs spin each other. Cogs? Yeah, cog. Okay. Huh? Not a cog. <laughs> cog. Cog. And I did say cog, and you can go back uh-huh. and listen to it. I don't know. I think that second one. <laughs> anyway. Shut up. All right. So let's let's give into the overall grade. Ryan, what do you give this episode? Uh, I actually really, I really dug this episode. Um, I, I, I mean, yes, I know everyone knows I'm a Rowena fan, but I think we got a lot in this episode that we needed to see. A lot of humanizing of her character. Um you know, some of the visual effect shots were freaking great. I mean, I know I bagged on the whole eye color thing, but it's a cool but just shot. Just because it was funny. It, it's funny uh, because yeah, it was bad. Not because it was bad. And, and, but I did really like this episode and I think we got some really good visuals of, um, you know, just special effects shots. Um, so I, I'm going to, I'm going to give this an A. It was an A episode. I enjoyed it. Rowena's, yes, it would have been more impact if it wasn't spoiled, but I think at the end of the day, it was a very good episode for her character. And like we, Mike and I had said earlier, it definitely added to her character. And I think we got, I'm, we're okay with characters coming back as long as there's a purpose. And I think we truly have a full on purpose for her. Yeah. We may not know what it is just yet, but I think we're in that, that realm of adding a character like that, uh, or adding her back and, and using her full potential. So mm-hmm. I am a very excited for it. Um, but I thought this episode was very well done. The pacing was good. Visual effects were great. This is an A for sure. All right. A episode from Ryan. Mike, what are you give this one? What are your thoughts? Um, I'm going to give this episode a B. Felt like it was a solid installment. Uh, Steve Yoki has yet again done a great job with his episode. I'm always looking forward to seeing what he's done because so far he's what, six for six? Pretty solid episodes. I don't think we've hated on any of them. In fact, I think they are... Usually, I think last year, they were, I think at least one or two of his episodes were actually on our top five of the season. Yeah, I think so. So he's doing a great job, and I like that Andrew Dabb is able to groom some new talent. Because, again, we don't know how long Supernatural is going to move, how long Supernatural is going to last from here. Right. Uh, We also know Wayward Sisters is happening, and no doubt there'll be some, some pulling of writing talent to go to that that writing room if that show gets picked up or greenlit so it's nice to know that we have other writers in that room that are capable and capable in writing myth arc or relevant episodes and i think that's um a, this episode's a testament to steve's steve's um i guess Ability. talents yeah and his yeah. abilities also i like the cinematography this week as well I feel like sometimes we get away from some of those more artistic shots in Supernatural as the years have gone by, but it seems like they're bringing them back in, especially with the episode last week. And then this week, I love the symmetrical look of the prison cells between Castiel and Lucifer when they were doing the wide shot of both of them in the room. Uh, Same lighting pattern, same strip of line that was separating the cells. I mean, it was very well thought out. 
kind of says a lot. I don't know if they're trying to show the, the plight, how they're both similar. They have similar problems, kind of like what you were saying. Yeah. Uh, they're both kind of the same person at this point. Yes, Castiel is not There's evil. There's that thin line but they've between made what, similar decisions. I felt like the wall kind of was one of those visual representations of this thin line between who you are now and who you could be. Yes, absolutely. And I felt like there was a lot of forethought and a lot of the things that they executed this week. Uh, Also, again, the relevance of Rowena, joking aside about how hot, you know, Ruth is outside of that. She's a very capable actor. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they're utilizing her, her acting chops every time they bring her in, especially like an episode, an episode like this, um, you get a very complex character. And I feel like that's a win. So solid episode. All right. Uh, I agree. I think this episode was very well written. I, I liked so much of little little bits between the lore that we find out that Asmodeus, you know, learned his own shape-shifting ability. That wasn't something that made him, that, that Lucifer gave him. Little things that made it fun in this episode, too, like how they're weirdly strong. Little things like that always add a little bit of humor and and. A little bit of lore makes it fun. But I think the biggest thing for this episode for me was the parallels of where other characters are and where our heroes could go, depending on things. Whether it's Rowena's, you know, do we put limits on someone's power because we fear them, comparison to Jack. How close to Lucifer is Castiel, really? Rowena and Sam's PTSD relationship But more importantly, I think the way in which they've continued to have the traumatic events play out in the characters of Sam and Dean and how two different people grieve and deal with things very differently. I felt like this episode did a very good job of showing more of that and that the difference between having a plan and having a reason to to drive someone to something. I felt that was a lot deeper without getting very in your face about what it was trying to say. And I think this episode brought up a lot of questions about the future of Lucifer, of Sam's relationship with Rowena, and even Sam's relationship with Dean, things that they're, despite them being so honest and open compared to where they were years ago, they still have some stuff that, not that they don't want to talk about, but that they can't. And I like how it all felt very real. It felt to me that this is conversations these characters were have because of the events in their lives over the last 13 years, not just because of the events in the last 13 episodes which is too many shows fall into that pitfall that you don't keep your characters real throughout the entire run. You keep them real for what you're currently trying to say. And I think this season has done a great job with that. And this episode is no different for me. This episode, I give it a B plus. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, and I'm looking forward to, again, season 13 has been killing it so far. Yeah, I'm looking so f- forward to the next episode. So far we, we, we've really had some great episodes and, 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 you know, I know our grades are kind of all over the place, but we really have, haven't had a a bad bad episode. we haven't had a bust no no we've had all. some weaker ones but, yeah, but never not busts yeah yeah so Th- this is shaping up to be a very very solid season mm, i agree i oh. concur <laughs> all right so let's take a quick minute talk about the upcoming episode where we're going to Which see sort of already did with the op- we we did a little yeah. bit but we we've got a little bit more as oh, an explanation oh, i think so more. i'm going to come over to ryan can you give us a synopsis for the yeah, upcoming episode so we had talked about it earlier with uh jensen's wife making her guest appearance um so like a pervy scooby doo the episode's called devil's bargain uh sam and dean 
and Castiel search for Lucifer, who meanwhile strikes an unlikely deal with a local faith healer named Sister Joe. Uh, Asmodeus inches closer to finding Jack. Eduardo Sanchez directs, and the episode was written by Eugenie Ross Lemming and Brad Fuckner. I mean, oh, Buckner. Always mean. It, but it's true. Always mean. You know what? This is. This sounds like a cool... This is going to be an episode, obviously, that's going to be, I would say, heavily a main story arc episode. Obviously, we're going to get a new character, but I, I really interested to see, you know... First of all, if Asmodeus is inching closer to finding Jack, it means he's inching closer to the alternate reality. So... Will he be the one that unintentionally opens that rift? That'd be interesting. That'd be pretty cool. And then in- unintentionally lets... Michael into our holes. Well, I mean world. Whoa, <laughs> where is your head at? Well, he's used to getting stuff in his holes. Things in wrong holes. Oh, yeah. oh wow. wow! Ouch! I can't find it. Where is it? <laughs> you have some flour? I could find it. Flour. Yeah. All right. Anyway, he doesn't know that one doesn't know how that works. Because <laughs> he's never got a woman wet before. Oh. <laughs> oh. He likes that is so uh-huh. yeah. real funny, real guys. funny guys. Really <laughs> funny. Uh-huh. I'll have to look that up later. <laughs> really funny. I'm gonna Google that one right now. Um, no, I think <laughs> stupid. That's the worst. <laughs> I just like Tom's re- Thomas's response. Ha ha. Yep. <laughs> it's almost like a dad like that didn't get the joke. Like, it was a dad joke that the dad joke didn't get. Like it's pretty good. It's like George McFly when he's being picked on. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Real mature real f- guys. Real funny, Biff. <laughs> real funny. I don't want to catch you in here no more, McFly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, you know what? This is, uh, I don't think this is a filler episode. I think this is going to be a main story arc episode. We're going to see a lot that goes on in this episode. Um, I think I'm most interested in seeing how Lucifer, what kind of unlikely deal he makes with a faith healer. What could she possibly offer him to help him out in any way? Faith healer and he needs grace. So yeah, I agree with all of that. Like, I, I think that's going to be the emphasis. I, the Lucifer, the fact that this is a Lucifer centric episode uh, I know all the media buzz right now is about J- Jensen Ackles' wife. I don't give a shit who's playing that yeah, role. Yeah, that's not important. As long frankly. as she's a capable actress, that's all I care and what it means for the story moving forward. And they're saying that's going to remind us potentially of of uh, Faith, the episode from season one, yep, yep. which that episode for me was always a very interesting episode because well, of the uh, the Reapers. Well, yeah, the fact that you think that's an interesting episode is very nice because we have a Patreon show coming up about that oh, episode. Oh, <laughs> segue. <laughs> True. Um, but I'm hoping that um, they keep it mysterious, dark. I mean, if yeah. we're dealing with a faith healer, I love the... I know not everything can be dark. I get it. But I always liked the faith healer element from season one. Yeah. And I'm hoping they keep similar notes that it's not necessarily as pure as you may think. Maybe yeah. she's yeah. calling on an, an unholy power. Who knows? Uh, but obviously there's a reason why Lucifer is drawn you, to it. You don't want her to be like Benny Hinn. She's like tapping people in the forehead and they fall to the ground. Right. And, oh, you're I've always, yeah. It reminds me of stuff like True Detective where there is a much darker nature and Supernatural tapped into this, you know, 10 plus years ago. There is a much darker nature sometimes to people who take advantage of others' faiths, yeah. of others' trust and goodwill. You, mean you can't touch someone humans? and suddenly they can walk? Yeah. No. Your name no. is Jesus. And I, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're There's, saved. <laughs> you are healed. Can I get a witness in the congregation? <laughs> oh, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. 
He's he's going off on that now. <laughs> Sorry. There is something very dark about that mentality and that faith tapped into in season one. So I and with Lucifer coming into play to make some kind of unlikely deal slash alliance, I'm interested in that. And yeah. I'm also wondering, is Am- Asmodeus getting closer to finding Jack from some new way we don't know about? Or is he going to possibly stumble across one of those doors that have to be still we, remaining open? We can't. We can't have anybody else at this point learning how to open a door because then it's going to be. It's got to be him finding one of them. Then. Yeah. It, we just can't. I think right now we need to keep it down to Kaya is able to open the doors with the help of Jack and vice versa. Right. Yeah. That way we don't have this big issue of just, I'm going to cross into it. another portal. We have to keep it something that is yeah. severe and serious. And it takes an exceptional amount of power. I mean, advanced thanatology, the way they set it up and the fact that it's a, like a house of cards. It's not something we want people each other. fucking with. Yeah. They laid it down. They laid it on thick for us to understand that it's a serious thing and it needs to remain serious. Yeah, I agree. I'm interested in seeing what he does with that. I love the character of Asmodeus, so I'm looking yeah. forward to that, too. And I think, Ryan, you're absolutely right. There's no way this isn't a major lore episode. So with that, guys, we're gonna ta- that is going to do it here for Supernatural The Crossroads this week. Thank you guys for taking the time to listen. Don't forget to check out patreon.com slash Digital to get access to all the additional videos we do, including the live uh, live viewing of any recording we do in the studio, both Supernatural and otherwise. Check that out, patreon.com slash Digital. We will see you all next week. You little maggot. You are no longer a part of this story. Hey, ass butt.